thank you so much for the invite today. We, I was thinking as we were worshipping how incredible it just is that it really doesn't matter where you go or um, what church you belong to. When you're in the house of the Lord, you just feel like one. And we just feel like family. And I may never have met any of you, but when you're here, you feel there's a safety, there's a, a peace that comes with being together. So thank you so much for welcoming us in um, to your lovely Costa home, um, to your church, to your family. It's, it's incredible. So... Gordon asked us to share um, a message today centred around the gospel communicated through practical love and deeds. And um, John's just going to share the Bible verse that um, is going to centre our um, message to you today. Is this on? Is this on? Is this on? Is this on? It's on. There you go. Um, So I always find it really worthwhile for me just to read it from a couple of versions um, of the Bible. So the the passage is Matthew 5, 16. Um, And uh, so the... And RSV says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. And then I've got really into reading the Passion Translation. I don't know if anyone else has read the Passion Translation. Um, It says this, Don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others, so that the commendable things you do will shine as light upon them. And then they will give their praise to your Father in heaven. When we were thinking about sharing with you like how to um, share the gospel practically um, and how we respond to kind of the needs and the opportunities that God brings us uh, when it comes to our church and our mission, I was really thinking about going back to like the real start of where we came and what and where it all came from. And I think to communicate the gospel practically and to live God's love out to people it first starts with who we are and how we're connected to God. And we started our journey, as I shared briefly, through listening, through grounding ourselves in listening to the word of God, to listening to what God had to say to us for Fabersham and for the community. And so that was really our first kind of inset into the community. We walked the streets, literally, for probably, well, it was actually four months because the pandemic stopped us quite quickly. We started in 20, early 20, uh, late 2019, um, and then obviously the pandemic stopped things. But for three months, we walked those streets, seeing, like asking God to reveal to us what we needed to see. Because there is so much going on in our community. There are things, busyness, there's lives, things moving so quickly that sometimes I think we can just go, we can be in motion. So we decided to really intentionally, when we took our steps, walk and ask God to reveal to us what he wanted us to see. Who did he want us to see? Who did he want us to extend our hand out to? And when, um, when we were taking communion, I was really reminded how every opportunity we have in conversations with each other is church. Every opportunity to speak to somebody is somebody's revelation, somebody's insight into Jesus and to church. And that's how we began our early stages. It was our strategy for the beginning to walk, to listen and to pray, to feel God's presence and to understand from God who we needed to serve and what he wanted us to do. We made a commitment to be slow. I think if you're going to communicate the gospel practically and do good deeds, you've got to go slow. There's no rushing. We can't push things with people. We can't rush into stepping into relationships with people. 
people these days are really guarded, especially when you use the J word, the Jesus word. Or if you say you're a Christian, a barrier can go up really quickly. We've got to be slow with people. We've got to ask questions and we've really got to listen to them. People nowadays, we rush through things, particularly social media, we scroll. We are at an age and a time where things move so quickly, we lose the art of being slow and listening. So our conversations were really intentional. We took the time to listen. And then we took the time to go away afterwards and be slow in our response. Think about what they had, had said and what they had heard. And from that kind of slow listening, from that slow start, from those early questions, those listening to people, we began to find partnerships. And one of the partnerships we started really early was with the food bank. And it's a really kind of connected way to get with the people that need practical resources. So one of the things that the Salvation Army is kind of known for is doing a lot of action and a lot of work. And the food bank in Faversham already existed, and they contacted us and said, please don't start another food bank. We would just rather your help than you start another one, which we were never planning on starting our own one anyway, because um, it's a lot of work. So we were thrilled to be able to partner with people. And I think when we practically love and serve each other, it doesn't have to be on our own. We can work with other people. That's why we have each other. That's why we have the kingdom. That's why we have church and friendships and relationships. Whether they be in our church family or outside, we can partner with each other. Mm. And the food bank enabled us to begin those living out that practical love in a very real sense. Mm. Serving people with food and helping them in whatever we needed. Mm. And it's a blessing to be able to do that because you, you connect with people on a different level. You are providing them with something. Now, with the food bank in Faversham, there isn't a church element to it. It's in a church building, but they don't necessarily um, use religious language or church language or Christian or faith language to explain that. But one thing that we began doing as a food bank is a, when we started joining, we said to each other, we really would love to pray at the beginning of this food bank. So we invited anyone who wanted to pray, felt connected in prayer, whether that be of Christian faith or not, to come and pray, to pray for the work that was being done, to pray for the words being spoken. And we really found that that, and that gave us an armour and a strength to help people practically. Because something that I think is one of the biggest things I always say to people when when we're outsourcing this practical love of Jesus, it's exhausting. You can feel really mentally, physically and emotionally drained because you're giving so much of yourself. Mm. You want to help and extend so much of yourself that you can feel worn down. And we know that when we're stripped down and when we're worn down, that's when the enemy can come to us. So we pray every time we meet with a food bank for the armour of the Lord. We pray for strength. And to communicate the gospel clearly, we've got to have that armour ready with us. We've got to be prepared spiritually for the things that are going to come at us. So it's really key for us when, when we begin these things to have our intentions set, to make sure that we are covered in prayer. And when we do that, whenever we do anything, whether it be in partnerships or as Faversham, we always seek out the people that we call our prayer pillars. You'll hear us use the word pillars quite a lot. It's kind of a key word in our, in our community, in our faith community. We ask our prayer pillars to pray for us. If we're going to support a family in need with, with pots and pans or houses and um, stuff for their house, we ask for people to pray for us for protection because we know when we're outstretching ourselves, when we're outstretching the hand of God, 
we're extending ourselves, that's when the enemy can come and attack us because we're doing the good, good deeds and the good work of, of God. And it's one of the things that um, we have found has been our steadfast, it's been our kind of strength in doing those things. It's really grounded us in, in moving into new ways and new forms of being able to extend God. And one of the things that we started really, really early on in our journey, which John's going to share now, um, in communicating kind of the gospel and leading to practical forms of love is through the digital and the online sphere. So like Beth said, so Favisham Salvation Army closed in the 90s, so we didn't have a building when we got there. Um, kind of like your church, you kind of realised, oh, wait a minute, we need to find somewhere to meet and to do community. Um, but we... So something that, um, that I've always been really passionate about is the, the, the thought of doing church online. Um, so this is before COVID, which we all got used to, didn't we, doing church online? Um, but I was, uh, yeah, I was just always really... So like the Salvation Army is well known. If you know the Salvation Army, you'll know them for being on street corners, usually making a racket with brass instruments at about 6am, playing Christmas carols, all that kind of stuff. Um, but so for me, I, I always look at online as a street corner. Like... The, Digital is an opportunity for us to share the gospel in a way um, on a sphere where people know there's a lot of dark stuff happening. There's a lot of things on, at your fingertips that's not good for you. There's a lot of stuff that um, can drag you in, like judgment, pornography, so much stuff, isn't there, online. But it gives us an opportunity to put, share the light of God, isn't there? online um, so for us one of the first things not having a building meant that we had to kind of establish ourselves somewhere um, so for us it was like you know let's let's use online let's try and build up where we can let's try and set like an online base if that makes sense or a barracks as uh, as it were um, and it would be a place where we can share with people the gospel maybe be the first point of call for people they know we're there they know that we're able to share um, the message of Jesus with them. Um, so I always have like the three C's. So you got like we always say consumerism, don't we, with online? It's enough. You know, people consume online. You scroll. You keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, taking all these imageries and little reels and TikToks or whatever the latest stuff is. And so my thing is, yeah, you're going. The hope would be that they start from con- consumerism to connection. So they start connecting with what you're posting. They see it. They like it. Or they they start commenting when you say, "Oh, how can we pray for you today?" They start to trust and like connect with you and then that leads to community so they're my kind of basis to like our online our digital kind of sphere isn't it and one of the things we found when we communicate that love online is that it goes beyond those you're just giving support to and um so when we started building relationships and we formed these friendships and partnerships so john would make friends with like the local business owners cafes and they would start to extend when we would walk in we would say hi we're Pakistan Salvation Army and they know because John's message or liked or comment on something we found a base we found a home so we have a few little hot spots where we're like known to be and in that people began to realize that that's where we were all the time that's where we connected it's like you guys have your base here um and through that we actually found that um we, we could see things through different lenses because we were sitting in spaces every day and we could see the people that were coming in and perhaps were on their own or needed something. So we would extend a conversation to them. We would offer them a coffee. We would do all the things that are just small acts of love that extend 
extend out to people that actually make a huge difference. Mm. And when we, when we found that we were looking for the need, we were actually found that it was a lot harder. It was often when we weren't looking and when we were just being who God called us to be, when we were having conversations, when we were working with the food bank, or when we were just in our normal everyday lives having to do things like admin or finance, that the need would actually come. We didn't need to look for it because the need in our community was already there. Something that really always challenged me, actually, when we've helped people, when we've supported people practically through... So recently we've been supporting um, some Ukrainian families that have moved into the area. And we had Kent County Council contact us, ask us for some house items like ironing boards and cookers and all these things. We already had some items because people donate quite a bit to the Salvation Army. Our garage is quite full of lots of people's donations. Um, so we were able to outsource some things and we put a call out online for people to offer themselves uh, offer some items. And we were met quite overwhelmingly with a lot of things. People really want to connect and want to support. But what I found is, is when you, when you arrange something, when you organise something, it doesn't just touch the people that you're helping. It touches the wider circle. So when we've connected with people through the Ukraine sponsorship, it's affected the host family. It's affected the KCC worker who's working with us. I had an incredibly powerful Jesus moment with a KCC worker two weeks ago when she came to our community wardrobe to collect some school uniform for some um, Ukrainian children who were coming over. And she just said, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? You don't have to do this. Why? What caused you to do this? And I explained about who we are as Christians, why we love, how because God loves me, I want to extend that love to people, and I feel called on this earth to support people and give people things that they need. And I explained about how God called us into community wardrobe, and I'll explain about that in a second. And she just said, all of this, from because Jesus loves you. And I said, yeah. Because God loves me, I love everyone on this earth. And I want to ensure that his love is felt. And if that comes through a bag of school uniform, if somebody feels supported, if somebody knows they're seen and heard, if somebody feels something good about them, about life, if they've been going through something terrible like those that are travelling over here from Ukraine, it's worth it. Mm. If God's love is shown in those small things, it's worth it. And it also extends wider when we've done things like that with teachers and community workers, families that have been affected. When we've supported some a young woman who moved into the area with somebody, this is just such a God moment this is not a script but I just remembered this this is such a God moment, we had a young woman come to us, she was moved into the town of Faversham and she was just about to have a baby, she was one week away for June and she had absolutely nothing with her, all she had was a bag of clothes for herself, she had nothing else and she came to us in desperate need of help Within the next hour, I had a lady walk through the gospel mission in Faversham, where we were working for the food bank, and just said, I've got a load of baby things I want to donate to you. And I was just, I just bawled my eyes out. And she was really confused. She was, like, <laughs> she was like, are you okay? Because she didn't know why I was crying. But I, in that moment, it was a humbling moment for me, because in that moment, I was running around doing all the things. I was phoning people, trying to find services. I hadn't even thought to stop and pray. And it was reminded me that when we seek on God, that's when it comes. And there was a lady sitting in the back of the church, and I walked over to her because I know who she is and I know the type of woman she is. And I just said, you've been sitting here praying, haven't you? And she 
she was like, yeah, and he's delivered already, within the hour. I was busy running around finding people, but God was already working because somebody had sought on him. And that's just an incredible testimony to, to how God outpours our, like our work. And she, we helped her, and then we took all the stuff to her car. Um, I phoned the girl and said, I've got these things for you. I've got a pram. I've got two sacks worth of baby clothes. I've got a Moses basket that's coming later. And she was blown away. A couple of weeks later, she came back to the food bank for help. She came with her mum. And her mum was just blown away. And her mum asked if she could borrow a Bible from the church. Because she said she was blown away by the love and the gift of church and extended love of Jesus that had been given to her. We never know the opportunities that we're going to have to be able to extend and show the love of Jesus. And it always blows me away um, when that happens. Um, I think Community Wardrobe is an example of that. And Do you want to just kind of share how Community Wardrobe came to us? Yeah, so we... Um... You know, like we've already said, we, we've kind of just kind of invested ourselves in partnerships and just kind of working alongside different organisations and charities and the council and all that. And um, it was from the back end of 2019 into 2020 when we had a call from um, the local, the town council saying we've just had a family who've been caught in a house fire. Um, they've lost absolutely everything. Is there anything you can do? And I just, we were just like, well, we don't have anything. Um, so I used the power of Facebook and went on all the groups that are like the Faversham sharing community. Those are from Faversham. Every group on Faversham. I'm in a every knitting group, group as well. Like group. just yeah, yeah. Just Facebook, any opportunity. Group that says Faversham, John, Faversham Salvation Army is in it. It's, it might be a little bit nosy. It might be a little aspect to me. It's like, oh, I love to see what's going on over here. Um, yeah, the knitting group. You know, I want to learn. Um, but yeah, so I just sort of. Looked, I went on to the Faversham Sharing Community and was just like, can anyone help? We need some clothes for this age. We need some, um, like, obviously the food bank helped with some food parcels and, like, the toothpaste, all that kind of stuff. But, like, I asked for school uniform and I asked for all that. And within two, three days, the Faversham Community just inundated us with this this overwork. It's like the feeding the 5,000 almost. I was like, that came from one post on Facebook and it was just like... Boom. It was just like, the, we're like, sorry, uh, Faversham Gospel Mission, we've taken over your church. Um, but yeah, so uh, it was just a real God moment. And then from that, we kind of realised that um, there was a need for school uniform. Like, we, we felt God really say, like, there's, a, there's loads of, fa- we had about three or four families in, like, the coming weeks just kept going, have you got any other school uniform? Because I really need some. And it was like, like, oh, God's really, like, niggling at us, kind of like, we need to look at this. And so it kind of came out of one session. Because we had so much left over from the, that massive like, donation drive for one family, we started just saying, we're going to open up. If you need any school uniform, there's some here. Um, and then we kind of did some research. We sort of explored with God, didn't we? We sort of prayed about it. We kind of just, we seeked some guidance from mentors and pastors we know. Um, and just really felt like God was saying, there's a need in Faversham for this. That, you know, with school uniform being so expensive, um, with school uniform being so it's, people waste school uniform um, people just chuck it away when it could be reused um, so that was kind of the start of it and then from there on it's just been something we as part of one of our kind of outreach programs I guess you could say Yeah, it's just a practical resource to help people but one of the things that we're always challenged by by they're not they don't like us calling them their bosses but they are our bosses so the people the leadership above us in the Salvation Army always really challenge us in everything we do how does it connect back to Jesus how do we help people show the love of Jesus because we can offer somebody we can have every everyday acts of kindness we can do things but if it's going to be 
almost like who we are. If it's going to be an act, if it's going to be a form of our church and community, it's got to come back to Jesus. It's got to reflect and show the love of Jesus. So I was really challenged by how do we make this community wardrobe that we call it, which is a school uniform swap shop, or in the winter we also help with clothes and coats and hats, gloves and scarves. How can I get people to know Jesus through that? Obviously, they're seeing Jesus in love extended. They're seeing that it's Jesus in that. But they're not going to know that just by handing a coat necessarily. And sometimes we hold it in a church, sometimes we hold it in a school. So I was really challenged by how we do that. So every time somebody donates, every time somebody uh, comes to collect some school uniform, they're given a card. I'm going to read to you what we write on the card because this is what God really spoke to me to share with people when it says. So the card reads this. God entrusted us with his kingdom and it's our responsibility to be good stewards of it. Jesus is our example here at Faversham Salvation Army. John 6 verse 12, after the feeding of the 5,000, shows us this. And it says that Jesus gathered all the pieces, said, gather the pieces that are left over and let nothing be wasted. We are passionate at Faversham Salvation Army about generosity, connection, transformation and community. And through being part of Community Wardrobe, you are demonstrating all of these kingdom values. We are really clear to the people, whether they're donating or collecting, that they are a part of the kingdom. We are clear in our words. They may look at this and see it, and it may just go on the side or in the bin, but if they're taking that and reading that, they are clearly receiving and understanding that what we are doing, we're not just doing because we like doing good things and it makes us feel good. Yes, it does, but we're doing things because that was what Jesus called us to do. We're doing things because this is our call on life, because Jesus is our life, Jesus is our love, Jesus Mm. is our passion, and we want to extend that. Mm. So one of the questions that Gordon asked us to just kind of answer, I guess, is uh, what motivates us? And um, how Jesus lived (laughs) is is the answer for that. So when sharing the, the gospel, it is done through oracles or displaying acts of kindness to those in crisis or removed from... Um, any mainstream society and back in 2018 God gave me a, a word where, which I, I'm not the, a prophetic person I'm more of an evangelist um, I like the idea of just going and sharing Jesus Beth's the prophetic one but God really gave me this word momentum um, and I've got a funny story if you want to find out a funny story when we're in the town someone thought we were momentum labour the Labour Party um, anyway I'll show you that later um, but uh, yeah so back in 2018 God gave me this word momentum and it, it so I kind of was like what does it mean and so I looked at what like you know get the thesaurus and the dictionary out and it was the quantity of motion and it made me think that it's a quantity of motion and a driving force and impetus for mission and I was, was really sort of pulled to the sense that we had a really clear sense that God was urgently needing us in the town that we can we can wait for a building or any traditional call with officers and ministers and there was the need to be something that moved people from just seeing acts of God or doing them without knowing God um, and then the, there was another prophetic word that God gave to Beth which I'm sure you'll share yeah and I think when, when I received this prophetic word I was, I was in the headspace of being kind of defiant against God moving us to fashion because I was very comfortable where I was I was very comfortable where God I wanted God to take me and that was to go to be trained to be a minister in the Salvation Army in the traditional form, go to London and train for two years and I was not ready to listen. John was already there, John had already accepted the call 
John was already kind of in the process of employment and I was just like, no thank you, I'm going to just, I'm going to support John, I'm going to love John, I'm going to live, I'm going to do it, I'm going to remain a teacher. But God had other ideas and when we were in Faversham I was walking, I was taking steps and as I walked, how many of you been to Faversham before? Okay, good. So, you know the main street, the market stall? <clears throat> so you're standing kind of almost at the bank between Nationwide and Matt West. And I was standing there, and I walked straight down that market stall towards the end of the road before you get into the road. And as I walked down that street, I lost my hearing. And it was a busy market stall day. It was one of the hottest days of the year in 2018. It was a really busy market stall day, but I lost my hearing. And I just kept walking, and then I turned around and just saw all these people, and I couldn't hear anything. And God clearly spoke to me and said that I am not being heard in this town. And I just remember thinking, okay. And then as I took a step, I felt like my feet were being pulled into these cobbles. I felt like I was being weighted down. And I felt like every person that I walked past, I could just feel their story. I could feel their things. But... I could feel their generosity, their kindness as they smiled at me, as I saw people helping one another. As I, in that moment, I saw somebody offering someone who was sitting on the street a sandwich from the local Tesco's. And in those things, I thought, all this goodness, all this kindness, all this love, all this generosity is being shown in this town, but they don't know it's Jesus. They aren't hearing and seeing that this is the love of Jesus that's calling them to do these things. And that we felt really called cool to begin to share that with people. That what they're doing, when they donate you know, their month's salary to the food bank, when they offer themselves of a small tin to the food bank, when they give us a packet of nappies, when they offer us a polo shirt for community wardrobe, all of these things are because Jesus is in their lives. They just don't know it yet. Jesus is working in them, and once they begin to know it's Jesus, and then they accept that that's Jesus and are saved by Jesus Christ, then we begin to see the transformation of the kingdom. Mm. So it's our job to begin that journey in highlighting it to them that it's Jesus. <coughs> One of the things that we really just wanted to share with you, when Gordon said, like why, like, why do we do what we do? I just said to John, it's kind of just in the Salvation Army's DNA uh, to be outstretched. And I don't know if any of you know about the Salvation Army's history, but... Um, it was started by William and Catherine Booth, and basically they preached and live out a doctrine of practical Christianity. Their saying was soup, soap, and salvation, to encourage social and spiritual transformation among society's most vulnerable and marginalised people. We really tried to leave the Salvation Army. We really tried to leave. 2817, we were done with the Salvation Army. We wanted to leave. We tried every other church we possibly could, didn't we? I felt like, like we were really churched out because we tried all of them. And in the end, God just kept bringing us back to the Salvation Army. And God, received, God showed us an image of Jonah in the whale. And he told us that we needed to ride out the whale. And we were really confused by that. And we had someone incredibly wise to share with us that our time, we needed to save in the Salvation Army. But there was a drive and a passion within us to extend ourselves And our message is based on the Bible. Um, Our ministry is motivated by the love of God. Our mission is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and to meet human needs in his name without discrimination. And our identity, our vision and God's given mission as disciples of Jesus Christ are shaped by the values of um, of the kingdom of God 
as we love God and love others, reaching for the fullness of life for all with Jesus. Our values are reframed as statements or intent, um, of intent to assist us um, in how we live them out. Boldness. We will courageously and confidently seek to fulfil our five mission priorities, share the good news, seek justice and reconciliation, nurture disciples of Jesus, serve others without discrimination and care for creation. It's God's mission slash work. Um, we're just participating in it. I was really challenged this morning by your worship and thank you, Emmanuel, for bringing that to us mm. because there are some words in there that I really feel connect with the message that we're sharing with you this morning and why we do what we do and the line in that that really struck me from the first song we sang was I will build my life upon your love it is our firm foundation if you've ever experienced God's love and that's your foundation you can't help but extend it to other people you can't help but do good deeds you can't like help but want to serve other people and the next line that kind of just really summed up why we do what we do is the line that you are worthy of it all for from you are all things and to you are all things to give you all the glory it's really simple we sung in worship we praised this morning why we need to outsource why we need to share the gospel in practical Mm. ways when people see the love of God through a pot and pan it doesn't seem conceivable to us that God can show his love through that but he can People can feel all sorts of things by extending generosity, by receiving something that changes their life. When I was thinking about the passage from um, Matthew that um, was centred around our message, I was really challenged that um, to read before and after the passage. So I was just looking when it says here, it says, let your light shine before men. And I was thinking about how the purpose of light is to illuminate and expose what is there. Therefore, light must be exposed before it's of any use. Because as we know, it says if it's hidden under a basket, it's no longer useful. Our job is to illuminate the light of Jesus. Our job is to highlight the love of Jesus. And if that is through giving, buying a costume for somebody, if that is through smiling to somebody, offering to sit with somebody, offering a conversation, um, it's all showing the light and love of Jesus. The passage that, um, in Matthew 5 is before the Beatitudes. And God essentially wants us to figure out the salt and light to remind us that the life marked by the Beatitudes is not to be lived in isolation. We often assume that those inequalities can only be developed or displayed in isolation from the world. But Jesus wants, um, Jesus wants us to live them out before the world. Each and every one of you are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its flavour, how should it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing and can be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do they, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampshed, and it gives light to all those who are in the house. So let your light, light, so let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father's name in heaven. We live out the gospel and faith in action because it's what he called us to do. Verses 13 to 16 are Jesus telling his disciples how and where we're to display discipleship. The object of shining our light is so that men can see how good we are. Not sorry. The object of 
uh, are shining that light. Isn't so that men can see how good we are, but how they can see how good God is. We don't do what we do for ourselves. We don't do what we do for our glory. We do it for God's glory. We do it so that they see the goodness of God, so they see the good, the God's love. Mm. We just get to be a beautiful little cog in that work. I always find that incredible, that it's not by our might, it's not mm. by our strength, it's not by anything that we do, it's all by God. And through that, they get to see the goodness of God. Mm. We hope that in all of this, you see that God's love is our central drive. God's love must be the model of our life. It must flow into us and out through us. When, as it flows out from us, and, return, and that return, sorry, as it flows out through us, and in return flows throughout our communities, God's love is the ultimate power that can flow through our our community. If love doesn't take you beyond your self-interest, then what you have is lust and not love. That love is a principle. That love is an action that goes over every emotion. That love was nailed to a cross. Mm. That love is a choice. It's a lifestyle commitment. It's a trust. The love isn't just a fuzzy feeling in in our tummy. Out of that one true love, God the Father gave us his son, the son that gave his life in replacement for our own. The son that sent the son sent the Spirit to save us, so that we would be literally overwhelmed and be consumed with extreme joy by what God has done. Mm. All we do and what we do, in every act that we have done and we will continue to do, will be because God's glory and love and light has shone within us. We can't help but extend that and want other people to feel that overwhelming love. So we live, of love, we live a life and a passion of being pillars in our community, of offering discipleship, outreach and evangelism. We want people to know the gospel through just seeing and living our lives, through a smile that they may never see, through a conversation that they may not have every day. But in everything we do, we hope that we remove ourselves so that it's never for our glory, but always for the one and only God that we serve. I hope you're um, encouraged, but also maybe challenged this morning. Um, I always, I was talking to my, my nan about this. She said, I'm too old now to do stuff. And, uh, but then she went, but I guess I've got a pulse, which means I've got purpose. And I think that it's so easy for us, isn't it, to think that we're, we've, we've done what we can or we've done that little bit of just, you know, we're coming to church on a Sunday or we've done whatever and forget that every little aspect of our lives God can use and does use and just trust in him. You know, some, I mean, I'm a massive self-doubter and I have a massive imposter syndrome. Um, and so, like, standing at the front in front of you, I'm always sitting there thinking, who the heck am I to say to you guys? To, yeah, I'm challenging you. But... Um, God uses you and your, your hobbies, your, the things that you're interested in to reach people. I love going to football with Gordon because he'll just walk off and start talking to some random people. And he's like, doesn't he? I mean, he met some people on a coach the other day and he's walking three, you know, three or four yards in front of us. We're like, oh, we'll just walk on our own then. But he's, he's the epitome for me of living God out in the real life. Like, it's just a Charlton Athletic. I mean, you know. It's really depressing, but he, he uh, and it's that kind of stuff, and it's just, uh, yeah, I hope you're encouraged by this this morning, that, you know, whatever you do, whatever God is leading to you in your work, in your college, at school, whatever you do, and that God will use you. And I just want to read that, that passage from Matthew, just again, before we finish, uh, which says, so don't hide your light, 
let it shine brightly before others, so that the commendable things you do will shine as light upon them, and then they will give their praise to your Father in heaven. Amen.